Black Guys Like Baseball 2 podcast, a safe space for black baseball fans. I am your co-host out of Baltimore, Terrence, and my co-host out of Cincinnati. Brian Evans, what up, what up? So, Brian, what's going on out there in the natty? Oh, man, it's finally beautiful weather. We finally got out of the 30s, you know what I'm saying? Like, today I think we might be touching 60 degrees, so I don't know if it's global warming or what, <laughs> but uh, I'm going to take it. <laughs> I feel you. Uh, speak of warmer weather, um, we were talking a little bit before the podcast. I was down in Charlotte last weekend for uh, the CIAA tournament. Um, shout out to everybody down in Charlotte that uh, came out for the tournament and uh, the day parties and night parties and all that good stuff. So um, we had a good time down in Charlotte last weekend. Um, have you you ever been to CIAA? I have not. You got to check it out. It's actually coming to Baltimore next year, so okay. I'm a, I'm a I'll, I'll be hosting a few people probably uh, for that weekend, but it, it's a super right. dope event. Like the unfortunate thing is nobody goes to the actual actual basketball tournament, right? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you know how we do. But yeah. uh, everybody hits up the day parties and like the night parties and after parties and all that good stuff. So, yeah, um, it's like a it's like a super super good time. Got to see like a couple of, you know, celebrities and B-list rappers and all that good stuff. <laughs> and um, Fire Marshal shut down two of the parties we went to. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, it, it was kind of nuts because um, a lot of people were saying like the lot of the parties were at venues that are typically like, you know, white venues. Right. And we just we just kind of took over for the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess the... Uh, the uh, powers that be weren't having that, so a couple of parties actually got shut down while we were oh, out there. So it was it was nuts. It was the um, and shout out to everybody at the uh, it was called the Lottie Dottie party. Mm-hmm. So it's like this huge day party that is at this venue, and I forget the name of it, but it was like four different clubs, kind of like in one. Okay, and it was yo, know, it was like packed like wall to wall to wall, and they were supposed to have. Like performances there, like Dougie Fresh was supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mystical was supposed to be there. Nice. Um, somebody, I think G when I was supposed to be there. Um, ran, like super random. Grand Pooba was supposed to perform, which was like everybody was like, okay, <laughs> 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 like where'd y'all find Grand Pooba? But whatever, whatever. But um, yeah, that party was super dope. It just got shut down kind of early because of fire marshals and over capacity and all that type of good stuff. But Good time, nonetheless. So I do recommend next year when it's in Baltimore, people come up. Um, yeah, watch it you, you, Yeah, it's going to be... I mean, in Baltimore, like, bas- Baltimore's a basketball city, okay. so people might actually go to the tournament up here. Right. <laughs> but the nightlife isn't as great as it is down in Charlotte, so it's going to be, like, an interesting, interesting situation. And you were telling me that you were doing some DJing last week or earlier this week, right? Yeah, I had a DJ gig. Uh, shout out to Wentwoods High School, you know what I'm saying, out here in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, <clears throat> some of the uh, older classmates, we'll just say, uh, class of like uh, 88, <laughs> 89, you know what I mean, um, hit me up for like their basketball uh, tournament um, to kind of raise money for their uh, class reunion in uh, in August. So uh, that was cool. I had a good time. Uh, luckily, nobody got hurt. But it uh, definitely smelled like being gay <laughs> at the end of the game. <laughs> so the whole gym was just like being gayed out? Being gayed out. Uh, I was playing, you know what I'm saying, old school hip hop, which I have no problem with. Uh, 
it was a good crowd, man, for real. Like I was surprised how many people showed up. It was it was a good time. It was a good time, and they was out there playing hard. Like this wasn't no like rec rec league, you know. what I'm saying basketball game. Like they, there was people's prides online. So <laughs> <laughs> you know, what I'm saying, uh, yeah, they they was out there playing hard for real. So it, it was fun. I hope they do it again. I would love to uh, DJ that again. Well, we had a lot to cover that happened in baseball over the last week, and we missed a week, so there's one or two things we got to catch up on. We have black history being made this week in Major League Baseball. I should say last week in Major League Baseball. Uh, Astros, Vegas have taken a interesting uh, interesting uh, interest, let's say, in the Astros this year out in Vegas. Uh, Chris Sale, his injury woes. Christian Yelich gets Paid with a capital P A I D. Let me hold uh, something. M-O- right. Let me hold yeah, more than something. <laughs> <laughs> let me hold a little bit. We need a new term to a little something. Uh, MOB gets mic'd up for spring training and always our Negro League legend. Um, so let's get into the episode as always with the legend Bernie Mac. Me out to the ball game. Take. I said, take, take. Me out with the crowd. Now I'm buying some peanuts. Buy me some peanuts. The buy me, buy me, buy me, buy me, buy me, buy me. Right. And that was again the legend Bernie Mac. As we always kick off these episodes with the black version of "Take Me Out to the Ball Game." And speaking of the black version, um, congratulations on order for Major League Umpire Kerwin Danley. He becomes the first crew chief of an empire squad or umpire crew chief um that goes to show how little i know about umpires because i don't even i've never even heard of that title for the 2020 <laughs> season um this makes danley the first black umpire crew chief in mob history um danley began calling mob games in 1992 and became a full-time umpire in 1998 um so Again, congratulations on that achievement, Mr. Danley. Um, Brian, any thoughts on this honor bestowed upon Kerwin Danley? I mean, I definitely think it's, uh, well, first of all, I think it's way overdue. Uh, I think it's way overdue, and we're moving in the right direction as far as uh, Major League Baseball goes. While I was doing a little bit of research on that story, I also found out, at least according to Yahoo Sports, that they were also uh, starting their first... uh, Latino crew chief as well, uh, Alfonso Marquez, okay. who's uh, 47. He's been an umpire for 20 seasons. So this could be an uh, invasion of the brown people. <laughs> <laughs> Slowly but surely. Here we come. But no, uh, congratulations uh, to both of those gentlemen. Um, like I said, I think we're moving in the right direction. Uh, so congratulations to those two, and uh, don't mess this up. 
<laughs> yeah, but it, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, again, crazy shout out to him. Um, I didn't even know, you know, Crew Chief was a thing for Empires in right. MOB. I didn't know they had like, I, I mean, it makes sense now that I heard it, but um, my man has been on the grind for a minute. Like I said, began working with the league full time in 98. Right. Um, he's worked two World Series, 2008 and 2018, uh, two All-Star games from what I've read also. So, you know, again, congrats to him. And, you know, again, this is just one of those examples of representation in baseball being so lacking, like, for the first one. At, like, Major League Baseball has been around for a little while. Like, yeah. they had the first, you know, black crew chief in 2020s, a little nuts. And a little research that I did, I, this is, again, one of those crazy – non-diversity stats but there's actually only been 10 full-time black umpires in the history of major league baseball jeez nah, i didn't know that either that's uh that's good research i didn't did not know that yeah man shout out to google um <laughs> <laughs> but like but think about that's that's crazy 10 black umpires in the history of the majors there's what one there's what four empires per game First base, third base, home plate umpire, and I think one more. Like, my baseball knowledge is really lacking on umpires. I need it's to really get on that. Right. So, yeah, all right. I got to get back in the gym. <laughs> but to think there's like four or five umpires working per game, and only 10 in the history of the game have been black, that's like, that ratio is insane. Yeah, that's way off. That's way off. Considering. I mean, like you said, considering uh, baseball's been around that long, considering the, the players, I mean, sadly, there's probably not too many more, you know, uh, managers <laughs> as far as right. umpires go. I mean, the numbers can't be that much staggering uh, in comparison. So, yeah, I mean, we still got a long way to go, no doubt, but we'll, we'll celebrate the, the small victory when we can. Yeah, again, shout out and congratulations to Kerwin Danley. Um, I'm actually going to start paying attention to umpires a little more now. Um, yeah. <laughs> hopefully he's a, a trailblazer and we'll get that number up from 10 um, to a good percentage of the league uh, going forward. But again, you know, congrats to him. I'll actually be out on the lookout for him now that I know that black umpiring is a thing or not really a thing. But um, again, shout out to him. Congrats. Um, and going along the lines of rules of the game, um, <laughs> Vegas has actually opened lines for betting on Astros being hit by pitches this season. Uh, there are, and I, I had some, uh, I had some odds written down, but they've actually changed since, you know, I originally read the story. So I won't go into the actual odds, but um, there are casinos that will take in bets on things such as, which Astro will be hit by the most pitches, the total number of Astros that will charge the mound after being hit by a pitch, total Astros to be hit by pitches for the season. There's an over-under for that. And also if, and this is kind of a little morbid, if any Astros will be injured by hit pitches. Uh, so what's your take on, you know, Vegas taking action on Astros getting being this season? <laughs> I am not mad at that. I mean, considering that we were joking about it, Vegas just took it serious and was like, hey, no, we're going to actually open up lines for this. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not mad at them. Um, that is awesome. I mean, 
<laughs> I'm for it. Like I said, I mean, we need baseball needs that shot in the arm. So betting, betting on you know who's going to get hit the most, who's going to charge a mound, like probably like which pitcher is going to hit the most Astros. Like I'm sure that's out there too. Like that, yeah. Why not liven it up? I mean, <clears throat> I guess they looked at the numbers and seeing what like fantasy football does for football for the NFL. So it's like, why not? You know create some lines for for gambling as far as baseball goes and liven that up a little bit because if i got money on the line i'm watching every astros game to see who gets <laughs> being <laughs> so i can collect my money <laughs> right but it's i mean it's just so crazy that you know vegas is watching you know a situation like that you know that like you said we joked about it uh last episode but vegas is like really doing the science behind it and you know, Vegas is like people don't want to like acknowledge it, but Vegas is rarely wrong about stuff. Right, right, and <laughs> best believe that they have some kind of influence on what really happens as well. Yeah, and that's one of the points I wanted to make. You know, if I'm a major league, and I'm not saying that any major league pitcher would do so, I'm just putting it out there. Right. If I'm a major league pitcher, and I, you know, I have a couple dollars on, you know, Altuve getting hit by 20 pitches this season, you know, I might, you know. The one a little inside, yeah. Here and there. I mean, I mean if you're Boost sitting on 19 and you got the 20th <laughs> pitch, <laughs> I'm yeah, yeah. It's gonna be uh high and tight. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. And you know, athletes gamble a lot more than people want to you know acknowledge. And, mm-hmm. and the interesting thing about this, you know, players can actually control how much, how many, you know, Astros get hit by pitches, like. They can legit say, I'm going to hit this dude with a pitch. So it's going to be interesting to see if there's ever at any point, you know, speculation even that a pitcher right. is hitting for hitting Astros for, you know, Vegas reasons, so to speak. Yeah, we need to, uh, <laughs> man, we might have some homework this season. Like we may have to watch and see what the, <laughs> what the lines are <laughs> right. and, and see what happens. Cause like you said, uh, if the pitcher knows and there's some, like I said, th- You'll be a fool to think that there's no influence from Vegas on what happens in real life. Like that's just that's foolish. So, yeah, that that will be interesting. That and I'm like you said, I'm sure MLB will be keeping a close eye on that. But uh, at the end of the day, I mean, what's going to happen is is going to happen. They they can only react to it, really. So, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, but man, uh, Kerwin Daly might have his uh his hands full. If he got any uh, right. astral games, <laughs> hey let me rewind this a little bit they putting the brothers on the line like they put dusty <laughs> baker out there <laughs> they promoted the black first black crew chief they put them on the line like it's on y'all man y'all can handle this mess yeah it, it'll be interesting to see and i'm definitely gonna keep an eye on that um i do i do better on baseball a little bit so i'll definitely be watching like lines and stuff like that okay so uh, I, I, I'm I'm definitely interested to see how this one turns out, whether Vegas is going to cash in on this or if this is just kind of one of those novelty things that they just throw out there to make headlines for the casinos and stuff like that. Right. Um, but I'm sure Major League Baseball will be watching this situation, you know, very, very closely. Absolutely. And, and side note, and this is like totally unrelated, maybe like mm-hmm. last season, <laughs> like last season, um, like I said, I do bet on baseball games sometimes and I, I made like a good bit of money just like betting against Orioles every day. 
<laughs> so I was watching uh, CNBC maybe two, three years ago. Uh-huh. And there was this guy, he was like a hardcore hockey fan. And I forget which team he followed, but whatever team he followed was like terrible. They like stunk. So he bet like, I think he said he bet like $100, $150 against them every night. Yeah. And actually won enough money to buy season tickets for that team the following year. <laughs> so, That's like, crazy. when I saw that, I was like, hold up. The Orioles are terrible. Like, right. <laughs> and I live right here in Baltimore, so I get to keep an eye on the team. So I put, like, 30 or 40 bucks against them a night for, like, two months. And, mm-hmm. like, I did pretty good. Nice. So just want to put that. I'm not, you know, influencing anybody to gamble. So right. <clears throat> if you have a problem, call the 1-800-GAMBLER or whatever it's called. But, um, yeah, just don't. I throw that story in there. Hey, I might, cool. I might check it out. See, see how my Reds start out the season. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if they're gonna break your heart, at least they can, you know, ease the pain a little bit. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And, and uh, speaking of pain, that t- brings us to uh, <laughs> Boston Red Sox ace Chris Sale. Uh, Boston Red Sox and their ace Chris Sale actually got a third opinion on his elbow injury and you know it's serious when you get a third opinion on an injury that's definitely not a good sign right um at the moment it's being classified as a flexor strain an injury that he's actually had in the past and sale is actually scheduled to begin throwing this week and his injury will be reassessed based on you know the throwing sessions that he has this week and there also is speculation that sale actually needs tommy john surgery and could possibly miss the 2020 season, and that's coming after the worst season of his career in 2019. So how bad does this actually look for the Red Sox this season? Yeah, I think this is bad. I think this is bad, bad, because this is the (laughs) second season. (laughs) This is the second season in a row that he's had some kind of uh, trouble with his throwing elbow. And like you said, when you seek out like a third opinion, it's kind of like, while it doesn't hurt to get a third opinion, it's kind of like you're looking for other solutions. Like, well, maybe they might not know what they're talking about. Let me ask somebody else. And then they tell you the same thing. Well, maybe they don't know what they're talking about. Let me get a third opinion. And at, after the third opinion, at least to me, you're kind of looking for, um, you're kind of hoping at this point, like, that you'll get different news. So, um, you can just say, oh, we're going to rehab it. We're going to, you know, just let him take some time off, rehab it, come back, and he's good as new. <clears throat> but at this point, uh, you know, when you look at the the age and the wear and tear of just a pitcher, and, and again, this is your second year in a row coming in. Like, this doesn't sound like it's just uh, a coincidence. It sounds like it's a routine at this point. And, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe you do need Tommy John surgery and just chalk it up for this year and – Hope to be better the next year. Yeah, man, because the Red Sox in general are in a tough spot this year. They they weren't projected to be, you know, that great with sale <laughs> this year. Right, right. Um, just because of the losses that they've had over the last few years and some of their uh, younger players haven't exactly developed as quickly uh, as they had hoped. But, um, yeah, nothing about this situation, you know, looks good at all. No. Um, and a lot of people are saying that it has a lot to do with his throwing motion, the way that he kind of like snaps or 
you know, holds his elbow on his delivery. And that's a part of the reason from what I've read that the uh, White Sox were so willing to let him go. Right. Because they were looking at his, you know, mechanics. Well, the rest of his mechanics were strong, like his elbow motion, you know, made him susceptible to injury. And they were like, eh, versus us giving you 100 mil and that elbow might not hold it up too long. We want to sit this one out. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, I'm gonna head out on this one. So um yeah, the the Tommy John surgery, if he does happen, may be just a you know a temporary fix. Um mm-hmm. if he isn't able to, you know, change his delivery or switch it up a little bit um to kind of save himself some wear and tear, you know, this might just be putting a band-aid on it. And the other thing is this year starts the contract extension that he got from the Red Sox. Uh... so yeah, so starting this year and through 2022, he's going to be making $30 million a year. And then in 2023, 2024, he's going to be making $27.5 million. Oof. Yeah. That's yeah. funny because we were just talking about baseball contracts on the last podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. man. So, yeah, the Red Sox are in a tough spot with Chris Sale. And, you know, with that contract, they're not going to be able to move him. Right. Uh, unless he takes some kind of buyout and, you know, moves on one. Um, I definitely, he seems like a smart man, so I don't see him retiring in the middle of this contract. <laughs> so he'll probably ride this joint out to get all that money. And um, to add, insert the in- insult the injury, he's coming off his worst season. Like, he had a... A, a record last year, six and eleven, and had a four point four ERA. So, even without the injury, he wasn't looking too good in a Red Sox uniform, except for the you know the obviously the World Series year. Right. So, I mean, if you're the Red Sox, what do you what, what are you doing in this situation? The worst thing that can happen is him go out there and he just throw his arm out or whatever and, and damage it worse than whatever it could be right now so uh take your losses um like you said they kind of weren't expecting to do great things you know this year anyways moving uh uh losing mookie bets and and everything like that so it was just like hey we're going to chalk the season up i mean they can still have a (laughs) decent season i'm not i'm not saying like it's you know they'll be total trash but at the end of the day you, you weren't expected to do great things this year anyway so go ahead get get the surgery start rehabbing Come back next year, uh, better. You know, uh, maybe pick up some free agents or whatever the case may be. Have a good draft class, somebody out of the farm system, and hope twenty twenty one is better. <laughs> yeah, man, I I totally agree with you. Like, it sounds like you know twenty twenty is going to be a wash anyway. So, I mean, if you if if you're going to you know chalk it up and have a bad season, you might as well go all the way with it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, save this man one year on his career, let him fully rehab, let him get the surgery and everything like that. Um, I mean, you're going to eat the $30 million you're going to pay him anyway. Yeah. I mean, so you don't want to make, you know, his injury worse trying to force him out there uh, on a bad elbow at that. And, you know, like you said, you know, Red Sox from a lineup standpoint aren't looking as strong this year. I mean, they still got J.D., and um, Rafael Devers out there, but the rest of that lineup is a little suspect. So, again, they're not looking that great this year. I take the L. 
give him the surgery, let him rehab, come back hopefully stronger next year. Um, the only saving grace they may have is that the AL East might not be that good this year outside of uh, the Rays because, you know, my Yankees are experiencing coming into the season with a ton of injuries. Y'all got y'all like a mass unit right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> like um, Aaron Judge is out with a broken rib. So that's going to take some time to heal, and then it's going to take him time to get comfortable again. You know, Severino's out. You know, James Paxson is out. You know, Stanton, you might – I mean, Stanton is kind of like Joel Embiid at this point. You just expect him to miss, (laughs) like, a third of the season and just hope he's really good when he's playing. But, you know, we've always got to worry about injuries with him. And then, you know, throughout a 162-game season, people are going to get hurt naturally. So, you know, the Orioles are the Orioles. So, I mean, the only saving grace, like I said, the Red Sox have is a weak division this year. So they might be able to crawl out of it and look somewhat decent if the rest of the uh, division collapses. But like you said, this year might be a total loss. You know, and if nothing else, as long as they, you know, show their hand, per se, uh, to the fans now, just letting them know, like, hey, we're going to go ahead and chalk it up. Not chalk it up. I, you know, Obviously, you don't want to use that words with the fans, but just let them know, like, hey, <laughs> we're planning for the future. Uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, give Chris Hales his uh, Tom, Tommy John surgery. He's going to be better. We're going to be better. Um, you know, ride with us this year. We're, st- we're not hanging it up. We're going we're gonna to compete. But, you know, just as a fan, you can't be too mad at that going into the season knowing, like, what, what to expect. Right. That's one of those uh, trust the process type of situations. Right, right, right. Maybe you have, you know, dollar hot dog night or something like that more (laughs) than you normally would to bring the fans in, you know, a couple more bobbleheads. You know, we're going to add five more bobbleheads this season, (laughs) (laughs) whatever, just to make up. But like I said, from a a standpoint of the fans, like you just knowing going in what the season is going to be and what to kind of expect, you can't really be too mad. You 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 won't like it, but... At least you're not like, man, y'all played us for some fools. Like, you know, y'all know y'all's going to do this the whole time. If you just show your hand, like, look, we feel this is the best way to move forward. This is what we're doing. You know, still ride with us. You got to respect that. Right. And and also, I mean, you just won the World Series in 2018. So you still should be feeling. Yeah. Yeah. You still should be feeling, you know, warm and fuzzy as a Red Sox fan. Exactly. Too removed from your last World Series. So you, you guys would be all right long term. But. Like I said, I agree with you. Sit Chris said, let him have his surgery, let him heal completely. I mean, your team is trash anyway, so, you know, suck it up this one year. You'll be all right. Yeah. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Time will tell. (laughs) Right. And speaking of being all right, your man, Kristen Yelich. Woo. Milwaukee Brewers and MVP right fielder Christian Yelich agreed to a contract extension worth $215 million that will keep mm-hmm. him in Milwaukee through 2029. And I imagine $215 million goes a long way in Milwaukee. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All the beer and brats you can eat. Right. I mean, they're not even charging him at restaurants at this point. So, like, <laughs> yeah. you're good. You're, he's on that 
Aaron Rodgers, you know, Giannis list. I mean, yeah, not that, that, picking up that Kawhi Leonard when he was in Toronto, like, yo, you can come here, eat here, drink as much as you want, eat as much as you want. Like, you're good here. <laughs> right. I don't see him picking up too many tabs in uh in Milwaukee these days. But um, since joining the Brewers, Yelich has won an NL MVP. He actually should have won two, in my opinion, but. You know, I digress. Two batting <laughs> titles, two silver sluggers, and he's led the Brewers to two trips to the playoffs. So, thoughts on this deal? Thoughts on the contract where Milwaukee goes forward with Christian Yelich? What you got? Oh, man. Yeah, I just hope the whole city of Milwaukee doesn't implode uh, <laughs> paying paying him this much money. While it, it, I do feel that he absolutely deserved it. I mean, he's a best thing walking in and as far as baseball goes is you know uh up in milwaukee like him and Giannis, you know pretty much own <laughs> the city right. um but yeah uh does he deserve it absolutely um i don't know how this works out for milwaukee long term um but you know live for the right now at least they they got that window for the next couple of years to compete and then maybe you might start seeing backlash from this contract. But hey, ride it out now. You know, uh, unfortunately, as a Reds fan, you know, we still pay Joey Votto. So <laughs> I'm telling, I'm telling Milwaukee from from experience, man. Like paying one player that much money while he they do deserve it from you know uh, years past, it could come back and hurt you. So um, yeah, good luck to Milwaukee. Uh, hopefully, it works out for y'all. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a it's a decent deal. I mean, Milwaukee, the Brewers haven't had a face of the franchise type player since, man, I don't know. I mean, they thought Ryan Braun was going to be that guy for a long time. Right. Then, you know, he got caught up with the PEDs. And Mad PEDs. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and outside of that, he's had some injuries, so, you know. Christian Yelich seems like the kind of guy that can be that franchise player. And, you know, they'll be happy with him. They love him. He loves them. And the other thing is, I think that's underrated with professional athletes. Like, I would love to be the man in a small market like Milwaukee. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I would I would imagine that would be pretty dope. Uh you know, when, although it's a different sport, when you hear about like, you know, the Spurs uh, in basketball, like those athletes like Tim Duncan and Tony Parker, like those guys are beloved in that city. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, they're, they're not Houston. They're not even Dallas. Like San Antonio is a nice city. Uh, definitely not one to sleep on, but like uh, bringing it back to baseball, Milwaukee, <clears throat> uh, you know, they have their few superstars and that's, that's no slight. They have their, you know, very few super, superstars up there in their sports. And like, I'm sure they, they live like Kings and guys up there. So yeah, uh, I, would yeah take, I can imagine that being dope. Yeah. I would take the small market superstardom over, you know, at LA or New York or Atlanta, somewhere like that. Yeah. Like you said, you are the King. Like you don't pick up a check at a restaurant. Like you're likely to have your statue in front of the, you know, stadium one day, you know, mm-hmm. all that type of stuff. So I would, I would love to have all that. But um, in regards to the actual dollar amount, the two hundred and fifteen million dollars, I think the Brewers actually got off pretty light, money wise. I mean, you compare, you know, that two hundred and fifteen for Yelich to, you know, thirteen years, three hundred and thirty million to, you know, capping 
overrated Bryce Harper in Philly. Right. right. <laughs> or Mike Trout, 12 years, $430 million. I mean, $215 million for a guy that's pretty much back-to-back MVP races and got yeah. you to the playoff twice, batting titles. I mean, they got a little bit of a discount, in my I, opinion. I agree. <clears throat> and maybe the being a small market, you know, like uh... – Maybe being a small market, because, you know, you got to believe some of this is ego at the same time. And I'm not saying his ego. I'm just saying, like, as a as a as a player in general, in any sport, um, you want a lot of money from your the city that you the city that you play in, you know. Um, so, yeah, right. if he was in a bigger city like Philly, New York or, you know, L.A., then, yeah, that, I'm sure that price number would be high. But I'm sure he understands uh somewhat of the budget uh, as far as uh, Milwaukee goes. And if, you know, if he fell 250 was, you know, a, a good amount, I'm sure your ego was stroked at that point. You're like, yeah, cool. Like, I know I can go somewhere else and make more money. But like you said, I do like playing here. The fan base is great. They do appreciate me. Um, 250 or 215 is, is great for me. So, uh, yeah, while it is a discount, in our opinion, uh, as far as him, you know, possibly leaving and getting money elsewhere. Uh, it's a good situation to be in. It's a good situation. Yeah, I'm, and the Brewers had a luxury of never having him hit free agency to, you know, for him to hear those other numbers, right, which is correct. huge because, like I said, and honestly, and I know this may not be popular opinion, uh, like I said, I think Bryce Harper is super overrated as a player. And yeah. for him to hit the market and be able to get $330 million, I know Yelich would have got – more than that he might not have gotten trout money but he could have used you know bryce's that lichpin to say you know look at my numbers compared to this guy and i'm actually leading you to playoffs right so for the <laughs> brewers you're not letting that guy go on a, a date with another girlfriend so to speak right exactly to yep. see how good life is so it, <laughs> you know it, it makes sense for them but you know with that said you know what kind of team do you think the Brewers could build around Yelich you know committing that much money to him knowing that they're like kind of a small market team Overall what do you think is their weakness like what do you think they need to add Uh the Brewers probably pitching I would think I was thinking that but I wasn't 100% sure so <clears throat> um cuz I don't think they have like a legit like ace Okay that I can think of anyway. Right. Right. So, yeah. Um, I, you know, I was thinking that, but like I said, I wanted to get your opinion because uh, I wasn't hundred percent sure. You know, we all know pitchers, pitchers are not cheap. Um, right. I don't know if they can afford an ace down the line or if they can just get somebody who, you know, will win you 15, 20 games, you know, uh, out of the season. But yeah, we'll, we'll see. Like I said, right now, I don't think it was a mistake by either party. Uh, um, he definitely deserved it, and uh, and Milwaukee did get a uh, you know they got a great player for a pretty decent decent uh, amount. Uh, hopefully, they can sustain it and maybe build around them to be a contender for for years to come, at least the length of his contract. But that rarely happens. <laughs> at some point, you know, there's some kind of decline or somebody needs more money. Um, or you could get like another great prospect and now you have to pay them too. So there's always something that happens in sports, unfortunately, but that's just the, <laughs> that's just the nature of the beast. All right. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, shouts out to him for getting the deal. I mean, 
215 is nothing to sneeze out, even though I think he could have got more on open market. But, you know, clearly he wants to be in Milwaukee. You know, like I said, Milwaukee wants him there, which is always a great thing. And the Brewers fans, I give it to them, they've been loyal over the years without much to be loyal to. Right. Um, <laughs> like they went on a long playoff drop before they got Yelich. So it's a big deal that he came there and they automatically went to two playoffs. And I think they went to uh, one NLCS, if I'm not mistaken. So it, it looks like a win for both sides. So shout out to Christian Yelich and Milwaukee Brewers for getting the job done on that deal. Um, this is also a huge win for guys like, you know, Cody Bellinger, Aaron Judge, Javi Baez, um, to see that Yelich can get so much money from a small market team and their <laughs> stars on big market big market teams, and they're actually coming up on contracts as well. So I think baseball money is borderline ridiculous right now. And we talked about it before. What are your thoughts on baseball contracts nowadays? Yeah, I mean, I think they are kind of getting ridiculous. Uh, now, of course, if I'm a player, I have nothing to say. <laughs> nothing bad <laughs> to say about it. But um, right. just as a, you know, a regular taxpaying citizen uh, <laughs> with a slightly above minimum wage job. Uh, <laughs> nah, but <laughs> but no, nah, for real. Uh, yeah, I just don't know um, if there's going to be some kind of cap. Like, at, at what... What contract is it going to take for some for like MLB to be like, okay, this is get, kind of getting out of hand, you know, people getting twenty year contracts now, <laughs> right. you know, for like you know five hundred thousand or whatever, um, or five hundred thousand, five hundred million. Uh, we need to slow things down. Um, yeah, I just don't know at what point um, they kind of pull things back. Right. I mean, because like ultimately. Uh... You know the fans wind up paying the contracts, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, so at the end of the day, I mean, it takes it's a it's a huge food chain, but it eventually trickles down to you know the paying customer that watches games or buys jerseys or stuff like that, or has to you know pay for ESPN now or you know right. the the MLB ticket and all that type of stuff. And the unfortunate thing is that you get situations like the Chris Sale situation we just talked about. He's entering, you know, a five-year, $145 million extension, and he might not be the same player again. Right. You know, just because of one injury and, you know, the team has that much money invested in him and they don't know what they're going to get, if anything, out of him at this point. So, um, like you said, I'm – Always grateful for the players to get their money because, I mean, they take a lot. It takes a lot of work to get to the MLB and to actually become a star in MLB. And, you know, people don't understand the reason that one of the reasons that the MLB money is so big is because it takes baseball players like a long time to get paid. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because, you know, your most your average, you know, player, you know, plays in high school, might get drafted out of high school, maybe not. Then they play college. Then they got to play some minor leagues. Then they got to play, you know, three, four years in the majors before they start making, like, money, money. Right. So You're like 25, 26. <laughs> <laughs> Coming into the league, like, I finally made it. <laughs> right. So, man, like, I get it from that standpoint. It takes a while for them to get paid, and they're risking injuries and all that type of stuff throughout that whole process. But, yeah, I mean, you know, you look at these contracts, like I said, Trout, $430 million, like, Bryce Harper, 330 
uh, Yellish 215. I can't remember exactly what Stanton got, but um, Stanton got something in the neighborhood of $300 million. And like I said before, he's playing like a third of the season at this point right. for the Yankees. Like, so yeah. something's got to be done. There should be some happy medium between the teams and the players and contracts and the unions and all that type of stuff. But yeah, I just don't see how this is sustainable. These, these, these monster contracts. So hopefully they figure something out. If not, you know, baseball will be the, you know, the first sport to have a billion dollar athlete. Cause we're pretty much halfway there already with Trout's contract, you know? So yeah. All this to say, like, I have my three-year-old son running bases already. Absolutely, um, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Whenever we go to the park, you know, he runs around the bases, and I'm, I'm helping him run around the bases because, you know, dad needs to be taken care of at some point. <laughs> right. And, you know, that Absolutely. that that billion dollars might be in his, his age group, that billion-dollar contract, the first one. So It, it, it definitely I, – I, I do believe it would be around that, that – uh his error, you know what I'm saying, when he's coming out of out of college or high school, whatever the case may be. And uh, they can be paying people around that much money. And just uh, because I brought his name up earlier, <clears throat> I looked up Joey Votto's contract because, like, it's still a hurtful subject for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Joey Votto signed a 10-year, uh, $225 million contract. Uh, really? Yeah. Um. I didn't know he was making uh, that much money, dude. Yeah, he's the reason why we had to get like have that fire sale <laughs> years ago. <laughs> like that's why we had to get rid of all our pitching. Like every like we couldn't afford anybody. Like we had to rebuild. And like I'm not dumping on Joey Votto because when healthy, uh, you know he's a great player, like a uh, very dangerous hitter, or whatnot. But it was it was just one of those things where like did he earn the money? Yes, he did earn the money, but. Uh, in the end, you know, he started uh, having injuries that, you know, that kept him out for like half the season. Um, I can't tell you when the last time he played a full season, honestly, because he's had like he's had mental health issues, which we now know obviously is no not, nothing to make fun of. Right. So even, you know, back then when it originally came out, yeah, we were kind of, you know, poking at him because it's like, dude, you make this much money. How can you be <laughs> depressed or depressed, whatever right. the case may be? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we're not making fun of it now, but. It's just one of those things where, like I said, just you don't know what you're investing in. Like you don't know what the future holds when you pay somebody this much money um, and you expect them to perform. So, whether it's uh, mental health or injuries, you know, um, again, you hope for uh, Christian Yelich that you know he performs at that high level that he's performing at now for that length of that contract. But you just never know. Yeah, but I mean, it's hard to. I mean, it's difficult to for a player in any sport, not just baseball, but any sport to consistently perform at a high level for 10, 12 years. It's just almost impossible. I mean, the prime of any athlete's career is typically about four to five years, maybe Mm -hmm. if that, but to expect someone to be on the top of the game for 10 plus years is a lot and to commit that much money you know to a player to be that productive is a huge roll of the dice like I, there aren't too many baseball players that you could say were at the top of the food chain for 10 years consistently yeah 
So, yeah, like I said, shout out to Christian Yelich and the Brewers for getting the deal done. Uh, we'll ultimately see how it works out. I mean, he could be, you know, Barry Barnes or he could be Albert Pujols. You don't know. <laughs> yeah, and Christian, if you need somebody to wash your car or walk your dogs, you know, <laughs> hit me up. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'll give you a good price on that. Right. Well, I'll give you a price. I don't know how good it'll be, but I'll give you a price on that. <laughs> All right. And also, uh, you know, like I said before, at the top of the show, we got some spring training action going on. And one of the new features that, you know, the MLB brought to this year's spring training, and they've done it in the past, but not to this extent, is the MLB mic'd up. Uh, I guess you would call it a feature or experience that they have. Where Major League Baseball players are actually being mic'd up throughout the course of the games and actually having conversations with commentators and analysts in the uh, the the broadcasting booth, and it's actually I've actually enjoyed it. I love it a lot. It's a lot of fun. Like I've had some key highlights from it. But um, have you have you been able to check out any of the games that have had players mic'd up the way that they've been doing it this year? I love this feature. I'm not gonna lie. This is the insight that we've been wanting for so long. And I think it was uh, A-Rod uh, during his interview. He was he was saying, saying the same thing. Like, you know, baseball is a very fun sport. Like, I don't know why it took so long for us to finally get the insight of, you know, these players. Like, you know, most of these guys are characters, uh, you know, from rally caps to, you know, just, just silly traditions and, you know, people um, with, you know, just the, the regular character day to day. It's just like. Baseball needs this. I don't know what else to say. Like, baseball absolutely needs this. Um, right. Another quote from A-Rod is that, you know, this is the entertainment. Like, we're we're more concerned about the entertainment more than kind of like the sports nowadays. Like, we need to be entertained. Um, and for baseball to be considered such a, you know, slow sport to most people um, who aren't fans or just casual fans of baseball, you know, uh, baseball needs that shot in the arm. Like they, they can use any any kind of leg up that they can get over any other sport. Um, and I definitely think somehow they need to implement this uh, as far as problems going forward if they do implement this in, in the regular season. Obviously, I don't think you can have any infielders mic'd up because <laughs> I don't want my <laughs> shortstop catching a line drive off the you know off a bat um, or anything like that to the head. But, uh, you know, outfielders, maybe like, you know, first base, third base coach. Yeah. And like you said, the the entertainment piece is the important part because there feels like a lot of downtime in baseball games when you watch them on TV. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like nothing going on. So to kind of have that to fill in that space would be actually really dope to broadcast but you know to your point and this was the thing i was going to bring up like i don't want my my favorite players being distracted trying to you know hold a conversation with somebody in a broadcast booth and right. you know miss a fly ball or <laughs> you know what i mean like taking a pitch they could have actually hit because they were actually listening to what's going on in the booth or you know having a conversation with people in the booth but you know Again, like you said, that shot in the arm, I think, is needed from an entertainment standpoint because watching a game on TV can be a little dry, let's say. Yeah. So anything that they can add to the game to, you know, spice it up a little bit um, would be super dope. Um, I was watching – I actually caught some highlights of the – ah, it was the Mets. And they were, like, ragging on a dude because he was too skinny. He hit a ball – 
and they thought it was going out, but it actually hit the that. wall, and they was ragging on the dude. Like, man, if you had 10 more pounds on you, that might have went out. But, like, <laughs> yeah. stuff like that is, like, fun. So, I mean, it was pretty cool to see. And I think they actually had, in that particular game, I think they had, like, three players mic'd up, and they uh-huh. were all just, like, ragging on each other, like, the whole game. And that was that was pretty cool to see. And yeah. you brought it up before, Freddie Freeman, him and Chipper Jones were kind of going back and forth, you know, from the field to the booth. And I think it's a I think it's a dope idea. I hope they find a way to implement it in a regular season without it being a distraction or taking away from you know the quality of playing the game. Because mm-hmm. um, I think it actually puts the fan on the field during the game, which right. is a pretty cool thing. So you know, like you said, I hope they find a way to implement it in the regular season without it being a distraction, and it's not just kind of like a a one off spring training kind of thing. Between them and, you know, the uh, the broadcast companies, the ESPNs or whoever else may uh, be covering <clears throat> the games, uh, they should be able to figure it out. They should be able to figure out, you know, uh, when to ask questions, you know, what part of the game. I mean, most of these guys are former baseball players, so they obviously know when to chime in, when to, you know, ask a, a question to whichever player, things like that. Even if it's in between innings, I mean, that that that's dope. So, uh They'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. But they they definitely struck gold with this, though. Yeah, it'll be interesting. So let, let me ask you this question: If like one player that you've you know seen throughout your time watching baseball, if you can have one player mic'd up during a game, who would that be? I gotta go with Griffey. <laughs> I gotta go with Ken Griffey Jr. Um, just because I think he was a a character. Um, I would love to hear like if he was mic'd up the whole time. And not necessarily, you know, saying he's, you know, answering questions, but, you know, they just, they just leave his mic on and then maybe replay it after he makes, like, an amazing catch. Like, I would just love to, to just hear him, like, running, like, full pace and hearing his trot, you know, as he runs down and catches, like, a fly ball or, you know, uh, robs somebody of a home run or st- stuff like that. Like, that would be cool. Um, yeah, that would be dope. That, that, that I would like that. Or, or after he smacks one, you know, over the fence uh, and hearing, like, the first base coach and the third base coach, like, you know, saying that a boy or whatever, like to me, that would be probably giving me like goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Griffey, I would love to hear, cause I'm, I'm all for the, the controversy and the cursing on. I would love to yeah. hear, uh, Lou Pinella mic'd up for a game. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> I think he would be going like off and in on like everybody. Yeah. Yeah, to hear him when he threw like that third base, <laughs> right? When he picked up the third base and like throw, like, yeah, I want to hear all that. Hearing him cuss out the umps, hearing when <laughs> you know he come, comes up and like throws dirt on the uh, home plate, I want to hear all that. Yeah, I would want all this, all the Lupinella smoke on Mike. Absolutely. Like, I don't know if they could do it live because I'm sure there's a whole bunch of language in there when he used to do oh, it. Oh yeah. But (laughs) but um, I would love to hear Lou, and also um, you know Barry Bonds is my all time favorite player. So I was gonna say him originally, then then Griffey popped in my head. Um, But I would love to hear the smoke with with Barry Bonds too. Like you know, especially when he keep like the last couple years when he kept getting walked. Like you know he had to be (laughs) popping fly with some of the pictures like. You know, I ain't gonna say because I don't know what kind of audience we have just yet. But you know, you know, he had some choice words like, "Man, you gonna walk me again?" Like, man, you, man, you oh, gonna yeah, walk me yeah. with bases loaded? Like, really? Right, like, right, right. You that scared? All right, 
I'm gonna take my base, but we'll get you next time. Like don't 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 leave it, you know, hanging. Don't leave it hanging curveball. It's out of here. Right. <laughs> it's like you throw me that one pitch, I'm gonna hit it. You know that, right? Like right. all that. Been, I don't know. I don't know if we really like Throughout the history of baseball, have we really experienced a lot of the trash talk in baseball? Like that doesn't really seem like it's a thing. Not, not entirely. I'm trying to think who are the trash talkers. Um, let me see. I think Albert Bell was probably one. Yeah. Uh, Definitely. Who else? Who else? I can't think. On the spot, but or he T, was Big Poppy probably definitely. Oh, you oh, and Pedro, you know Pedro was popping smoke. <laughs> yeah, Pe- yeah, Pedro was nuts on the low. Yeah, like, yeah, he, he was telling dudes, "Yo, I'm aiming for your head." <laughs> right, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Pedro Martinez. Um, I don't know, man. Maybe uh, who else? Yeah, I mean, it's coming to a slow, but yeah, there's. I'm sure there's a couple, couple people out there who are like. The villains, and I would I would love to hear them mic'd up. Yeah, but yeah, shout out to MLB or whoever came up with this this feature for spring training because it, it's a home run, no pun intended. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> but um, yeah, hope like I said, I hope they find a way to implement it. You know, for the regular season, even if they only do it for the major broadcasts, like you know the Sunday night baseball or. Uh, when they start doing Monday Night Baseball stuff like that, it would it would be a dope feature to have. I would love to hear an Astro game mic'd up just to oh, see what's, <laughs> what's going on <laughs> in those conversations. But um, hope hopefully MLB finds a way to uh, keep that going, um, so the fans can you know get that experience of actually you know being on the field. Man, when you said that, I'm sorry. All I can think of is like Altuve being mic'd up and him being at the plate, and all you hear is "spoo" like right in the ribs. Like <laughs> that's all I can think of is him getting beamed. Like oh, <laughs> like, pop. all you hear is a whole bunch of pops. Right, right. Like and that was not the bat. <laughs> right, that was like a wrist or an ankle or right, something. yeah, ribs, something. <laughs> but yeah, that that's dope. So shout out to MLB uh, for that feature. And we'll look forward to it um, going forward. And with that, this week's Negro League legend of the game. Marcinia Lyle Stone, better known as Tony Stone, born on July 17, 1921 in Bluefield, West Virginia, was the first of three women to play professional baseball in the Negro Leagues. Stone started playing baseball at the age of 10 for the St. Claver Catholic Church boys team. By the age of 15, Stone began playing in a semi-professional men's league for the St. Paul Giants. In 1949, Stone began her professional baseball career with the San Francisco Sea Lions, and in her first game, she batted in two runs at her first at bat. Stone left the Sea Lions after one season due to not being paid by the team as promised. Later that year, Stone was split time between the New Orleans Black Pelicans and the Orleans Creoles, whom she would stay until 1952. The next season, Stone signed with the Indianapolis Clowns, replacing a young second baseman by the name of Hank Aaron, who had left the team to pursue offers that he had received from the New York Giants and the Boston Braves. Through 50 games with the Clowns, Stone maintained a 243 batting average and even got a hit off of one of the greatest pitchers in the history of baseball, Satchel Paige. 
Throughout Stone's career, she often discussed not being respected as a ball player by most of her teammates and opponents and spoke up about being shunned by them for being a woman. She would not be allowed in most locker rooms with the rest of her teammates and would have to change in the umpire's locker room. She also routinely was asked to play in a skirt for sex appeal, which she refused to do. Stone would retire in 1954 as a member of the Kansas City Monarchs to become a nurse. She would pass away in 1996 in Alameda, California at the age of 75. But prior to passing, Stone would see herself in the Baseball Hall of Fame as she was featured in two exhibits there. One for her accomplishments as a Negro League player and the other as a woman that contributed to the history of baseball. And that's a wrap with this week's Negro League Legend of the Game. So feel free to like, subscribe to podcasts. We're up on SoundCloud. We're up on Apple Podcasts. We're up on Spotify. So feel free to rate, leave feedback. Uh, you can always email us questions, requests. You know, just let us know you're out there listening to Black Guys Baseball at gmail.com and we'll love to respond to your emails uh anything else before we sign off uh yeah and christian yellage if you'd like to make a you know a donation to the podcast <laughs> we would greatly appreciate it um other than that have a good season brother right i have no problem making this the exclusive christian yellage watch podcast <laughs> at all <laughs> i have no issues with that whatsoever um so again this is episode three thanks for checking us out again like listen subscribe give feedback all of that good stuff and we will see you next time